Okay, so this this episode today is going to be what is the gospel? I think we need to start off with a really good understanding of what the gospel is in order to have a Christ-centered apologetic, right? Or a Christ-centered defense of our faith. Because our, our entire faith, what's the chief cornerstone of our faith? The Bible. Jesus Christ wow. is the chief cornerstone. And how do we learn about Jesus? The Bible. There you go. You got it. You were there. So, Paige, what is the good news? What's the good news? The gospel? That's right. It is the gospel. And what's the gospel? Good news. It is a good news. Nicholas, you want to help her out? I say what she said. <laughs> <laughs> you two crack me. I stand by that uh, statement. And I stand by the statement that I made notes on the same <laughs> that we can refer to. That's our, secret. That's, that's our secret in, in this podcast. We have notes that we kind of stay, that helps us stay focused. So the gospel is the good news, right? So what's the good news about? Who is it about? God. Okay. Specifically? Yeah, Jesus. Okay. What did Jesus do? Damn Okay, oh my gosh. that's the gospel, right? Now you say what the gospel is. Go ahead. I said that kind of. No. So what's the gospel? The gospel is good news. Okay, you said that twice. <laughs> I need you to kind of go deeper than that. Um, yeah. But- so if your friend was going to ask you, What's the good news? Who's that about? What's that about? What would you say? Okay, first of all, who's it about? That's Jesus. Okay, and what did Jesus do? He, well, oh my God, but um, basically he died on the cross for our sins. God um, helped the people in the stories, and yeah, that's why they wrote that. So, you're right, you're right. So he did, he died on the cross for our sins, and that God used that whole process of Jesus being crucified, buried, right, after he died, and then he was resurrected from the dead as a way to forgive people. So you guys are right. Do you have anything else to say about the good news? It was good. It was good. It's very good, right? So he did a lot for us. He 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 made atonement for our sin. If you look in the Old Testament uh, with the high priests and when um, you know in Leviticus and I know I know something good he made. Okay. Barney the Barney Cole. Okay. All right. Barney the Barney Cole. That's what I call him. That's what I call him now. Okay. So, with that being said, right? So, he did a lot. So, he made atonement for our sins. The high priest used to make a yearly atonement for the people of Israel, right? Perfect lamb. Covenant people. Covenant people of God. What did he do? Sacrifice the perfect lamb. Yeah. No blemishes. To make atonement. No blemishes, right? And that's basically what... Christ was or Jesus was. He was the Lamb of God who took away the sin of the world. So let's talk about what that means. What, what's the implication? What does that mean for us? What's our relationship between, what's the relationship between man or mankind, everyone in the whole world, and God apart from Jesus? What does that look like? Creator and creation. Okay. What else? 
we are full of sin and we transgressed God's law. So do you know what transgressed means? No, no clue. Okay. So it's a big word. Transgressed is another word for um, you have. So transgressed or transgression is another word for, it's another word for basically offending a holy God with our sin. Or we were disobedient to God's law. So God had a perfect law. What were they? The Ten Commandments. That's right. Right? And the Ten Commandments were not there to save us. The Ten Commandments were there to show us that we need to be saved. Because God demands perfection. And we cannot keep his law perfectly. Why? We are sinners. Because we're sinners. And what does that mean? What does being a sinner mean? Like being bad. Yeah, basically, I don't know. No, that's, you're, 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 you're going the right direction. Like not being a Christian like. Right. Because you can be a good girl and not know Jesus and yes. still be punished at the end, right? Mm -hmm. So even if you're living your life I live my, some people do it this way. I'm a good person. I don't steal. I don't rob from people. I don't do harm to anyone. I don't believe in God, but I think I'm entitled to get a shot at being forgiven because I'm such, I lived a good life. Forgiven by matter. someone you don't believe in. Right. The irony. Right. Right. And so we have offended a holy God. God is holy and he is just and he is righteous. If you see throughout all of the Old Testament, what happened when that guy tried to grab the the part of the tabernacle, well, not the tabernacle, but um, the Ark of the Covenant. Covenant is one of my favorite words, and it's not a letter G. Um, Let's go. <laughs> what did happen to him? What happened to him? He disintegrated. So that's how holy God is. And so what we want to say here is that our standing before God is that apart from Jesus Christ, we're going to be punished for our sin. And that's what makes the gospel so precious to Christians, that Jesus took the substitute for our sin and he died in our place so we can be forgiven. All those who would receive him and those who would cry out in repentance and faith, those are the ones who get the gospel, who understand it and are saved, right? So with that being said, it's, you know, other words that talk about that is being judged. There's going to be a judgment day. Everyone is going to be judged and they're going to be held accountable toward the end, at the end, when God says, what have you done to glorify by my name. And he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. Now, it's so interesting that where we, when, where we live in our time, 21st century, there's so many different ways that people look at the gospel. The church, I think, has done a pretty bad job staying the church and not allowing the world to creep into the church. We're supposed to be a witness to the, the world not vice versa. What are some misconceptions that the people today have about the gospel? What other what what are the other thoughts of other people nowadays living today? What are their thoughts about Jesus and the gospel? Mm, God's our friend. Okay. One. God loves you the way you are and you have a lot of worth that you can add to his kingdom. Okay, that's true. So a few examples. Another one is that cost is very high for God and he gave his only son for us as a substitute substitute for our own righteousness. Not our own! Not our own! For, for, for our unrighteousness! No! Yeah. And you know no, what's even funnier than that? We're not even on that subject yet. <laughs> that's the next subject. <laughs> Everyone there was a flying crust right now. And No, it's okay. You skipped ahead because you're so excited. I appreciate that. Don't put it first. <laughs> Don't put it first in the bullet points next time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. 
It's okay, son. So yeah. Never again. So some of the other thoughts of today are, you're right. Focus of today is that Jesus has a wonderful plan and purpose for your life. And he does. But your purpose in life is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Okay? That's why we were created. Now, God also, there's a thought that says that God wants you to have meaning in your life. And he wants to have a personal relationship with you. And to some extent, it's true. When you become saved, you do have a personal relationship with Jesus. Right? But then it transitions over to a personal, rela a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And the body of Christ, okay? Who's the body of Christ? The Trinity. Who's the body of Christ? God. <laughs> we went there on Sunday. Oh. Jesus. <laughs> we went there on Church. Sunday. Church, that's right. It's late, everybody. I'm sorry. <laughs> we all so we're a bit dehydrated. So, yes, the body of Christ is the church, not the physical building, but the people who go there to meet and worship, okay? And some other ones, if you go, if you live in certain areas, oh man, God's your homie, man. He loves you the way you are. You can be the same way you are. You don't have to change anything. He loves you the way you are. So that, if I was an unbeliever, if you were to tell me that, and I said this to somebody before, like, like, well, yeah. that means I don't have to change my sin. I can keep doing what I want. Go ahead. You basically got a lot of that and then just added words to the sentence on the page. Go. My question is, okay. uh, where do people get all these misconceptions? It's because the church is, and people get, if they get mad at me, it is what it is. But you know what? The church as a whole has done a very poor job with defending their faith for the sake of making people feel good when you shouldn't. Would I be a good doctor if you were my patient, I knew you had cancer, and I didn't tell you about it. I just told you, hey, take this medicine. It'll make you feel good. Would that be a really good doctor? No. No, because what you should ask is, why am I going to take medicine if I don't need it? And that's a lot of the reactions of people. Now, why am I going to love Jesus if I don't need him? What? I don't need him. Okay, first right? of all, you need Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus. Every, yeah, everybody. He is important. He is exactly like God. He is God. But when you're exactly God like yourself, found a new That's one. A meme. Yeah. <laughs> How no. about Mr. Meme so far? Okay. With that being said, I wouldn't be a good doctor no. if I knew you had cancer and I didn't tell you. Same thing. If I know because I came from a sinful place and I was a sinful person, if I don't tell you about your sin, how am I helping you out? You're not. You're not. Here's what we need to kind of figure out. What happens when God forgives you? What happens when God forgives you? You can answer this part now, son. We're there. <laughs> uh, the cost is very high for God. He had to give his only son as a substitute for our unrighteousness. That's right. Not making that mistake. So the cost is high. He had to give his only begotten son. He who knew no sin became sin for us. And so we'll get into this later on when we talk about different aspects of theology. And we'll, we'll, we'll mention a $20 word, doctrine. It's, it's a good word. It's basically a specific study on a certain subject of the Bible. So we'll talk about doctrine soon in, in the upcoming episodes because you're going to learn about that stuff if you need to. 
But the whole point is, we were unrighteous. Jesus died on the cross as a substitute to pay for our sins. He, we are now justified. What is justified or justification? How come is it? How, how come it is that I know these words, but when it comes to the podcast, like days before the podcast happens, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But ju- basically, the easiest way to sum up justification or justified is being made right. It's a legal act. If someone was going to meet a judge because he committed a crime and so, and he owed money because he did something wrong and someone came and said, you know what, I'll pay that on his behalf. That guy is free. He's been justified, right? So justification or justified means that Jesus became our substitute and in becoming our substitute, we were made right because the penalty for sin is what? Death. Death. Who's death? If we don't know Christ, who's death? Our own death, right? Yes. Oh, I thought you meant whose death is like, whose death is a person. (laughs) (laughs) It's all right, son. You're all right. I'm not not insane, I swear. Anyone who denies that they've sinned, well, that's That's a sin. Yeah. It's a lie. Thou shalt not lie. So, (laughs) have you ever lied? No. You're a liar, right? He's in it right now. Right, exactly. His son is valuable. He raised him from the dead, and we became justified because of the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Now, Jesus must have been a very special person. Because if I were, he still is, correct. He's raining right now. Now, it's raining? No. No, not that. Rain is another word for to rule. R-A-Y-N? He's ruling no, over everybody. R-E-I-G-N. R-E-I-G-N and that's why this is the young um, apology. <laughs> we still good. can't spell. No, it's good. This is what it's all about. Grassroots, we're growing, right? Now, yes. he's reigning right now or ruling over everything right now. So, like, we, if we were to die for our own sin on the cross, we'd only be paying for our own sin. But Jesus is the second person of the Trinity and God. He was the only one who was able to pay and make substitutionary payment for us. No one else could have. So that's why it's very important that people need to trust in Christ. And we'll get to we'll get to that. We'll get to regeneration. We'll get to faith soon. Okay. I think our plan should be well. We'll talk about the plan next. Um, let's review some scripture. We found some scriptures that kind of talk about the gospel. So what I want to do is there are there's about 10. So let's read, you read three, you read three, and I'll read the rest, okay? okay? So don't read the ones, don't read the ones that you picked. Read, you read the first three. Go ahead. One of mine is in the first three. Okay, that's fine. Start off with the first one. Okay. Mark 10, 45. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Next one. Romans 5, 8. God shows his love for us in the in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Okay, next one. Oh, you're adjusting pages paper, so. Okay, Romans 6, 23. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay, I'll read the next one. Romans 8, 1. Therefore, there, oh, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 32. 
he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all how will he not also with him graciously give us all things second corinthians five twenty one for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of god second corinthians eight nine you know the grace of our lord jesus christ that though he was rich yet for your sake he became poor so that you by his poverty might become rich go ahead Paige, i got both next. of the ones i wanted first timothy one fifteen. the saying is true is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. First John four ten. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He has that He loved us and sent His Son to the to be the propitiation propitiation for our sins. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to and to open its seals for you. Were slain and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. That's right. That last one was Revelations five nine. Oh yeah. So these are just some scriptures that really point to the gospel and you need to know this not only to have a defense for your faith you need to know this to understand your faith okay these are some go-to bible verses that you need to really study and reflect on because they really teach the richness and the fullness of the gospel and jesus right and the cross with that being said Paige, you can go first. What are your two verses that you're going to pick to ask questions about and start meditating? I need you to start meditating on at least two and if we'll I, check in. If I have to meditate, I'll do it right now. Um. We're not doing that kind of thing. See, and we're going to be praying for New Age Queen of okay? So go ahead. Read your two verses. Yeah, the ones you pick. Okay, the saying is First Timothy one fifteen. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world, the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. Okay. First John four ten. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the pro Propitiation. Propitiation. Substitute, for right? Our sins. That's right. Okay. Think about those two verses right now, and I'll get back to you, and then we'll review those, okay? So think about this, and if you have any questions regarding those two. Remember, we talked about you're going to present two questions that you may have, okay? okay? So think about one question that may have to do with one of the scriptures that you're going to pick, and then another one, just some random general one. Okay. I shall now meditate. No, we don't do that as Christians okay. because we'll have to correct you on that. Okay? okay. Go ahead. Okay. Actually, Romans six twenty three. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I chose Revelation five nine. Worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Okay. And then the ones I picked, 
Okay, there's plenty. Man, there's there's plenty. I think I I'm gonna go with, and these are the ones I'm gonna meditate on. You know, all the ones, all of them are really good, but I I really do like Second Corinthians five twenty one. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And then. The other one, so many, and a lot of them are, are Romans. I love the book of Romans. Man. Okay, I'll do this one. Romans 5, 8. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Okay, so let's review pages. Do you have any questions for any of your two verses? Um, okay. You so 1 John 4, 10, I do have a question for that mm -hmm. one. I don't get, and I, I really want to know what propitiation, propitiation mm -hmm. means. That's a really good question. That's a big $20 word you just learned. Propitiation. Yes. Hey, I almost said that. So the way to practice it, you can say don't hate, propitiate, <laughs> right? My, my so basically propitiation is to act as a substitute, okay? That's the basic, most basic answer for that word, propitiate or propitiation. Do you have any feedback on propitiation, son? Not really. <laughs> well, man. Do you agree that it's it, it means to atone or make substitute for? Yeah. So the action, the definition is the action of propitiating or appeasing is to appease God and his wrath and his sin, and right? To make an atonement. I don't know Jesus what hell means. I think it's like someone. But whom is old school for like who it is in particular? No, we still use Whom is it? People who don't use it probably use it into incorrectly. Not to who I'm speaking to. I love it, English major. I love it. You're right. That's a good word. So you're right. That's a hard word, but that's basically what it means. It's it's Jesus. If you if you read your verse again, and this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us. So check out that first part of that that phrase. Not that we have loved God. Can you love God before He loves you? No. no. Why? Can I answer? He loved us. Go ahead. Um, he he made us and He loved us before the. That's right. Because we all sin. That's right. So. And so when we're sinful, we don't care about God. We are our own gods. And <gasps> we make our own gods. From meditating <laughs> to doing other things, right? Romans 1 talks about how you can go all over the world and see, even in the deepest, darkest jungles, there are natives of that country or land that are worshiping rocks and wolves and animals and all those kinds of things. Why? Why do you think? They're all sinners. Oh, and they're not Christians. James. They're not Christian, but they're worshiping something. Why? They're made to worship. Exactly. But we suppress God's truth, right? So that's what I mean. You you picked a really good verse because look, not that we love God, but that he loved us and he loved us enough to send his son to be a substitute. That's the gospel, right? We don't love him. Before I was saved, I hated God. I was angry at God for the circumstance I lived, right? The life I lived. But he loved me enough to give me his son and slap the foolishness out of me, and spiritually speaking. And apparently, before you loved God, you got tattoos that I never knew about. <laughs> so, you can see the look on my sister's face. Uh, material. Any other questions that you have about the gospel? No. Okay. How about you, Nicholas? 
out of the two in, verses. In Revelation 5 9, what does it mean by scroll? So it there says, is Worthy a scroll. are you to take the scroll and open its seal? So there's a scroll, there's a book of life, there's names on these scrolls of those who are saved by God. And only, the only person, not even the angels, can open the scroll. Only Jesus himself. It sounded like you said right? scroll. Yeah. So that's what that means. Okay. That's okay. Anything else about the gospel that you have a question about? I don't know. Okay. Well, let me look Not at mine. Ones. Which one did I pick again? That's a bad memory. Same. <laughs> uh, uh, I think I picked... Oh, yeah. No, I like this one. Yeah, this was it. Uh, 2 Corinthians 8.9. No, I'm sorry. 2 Corinthians 5.21. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So that prepositional phrase right there, for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin. That's powerful. You got to really think about the gospel in that, right? That Jesus knew no sin. He was perfect. But in order to pay for our sin, guess what he had to do? He had to die, die on the cross for us. Before sins. even any of that could happen. He had to make had to Jesus to born. Yes, Paige. He had to be born. What was he born as? A human. A human. A human. A human child. Christ. A and, child. And God. Now, he had to be born as a child in order to experience man and live like a man. Yet, he knew no sin like everyone else. So, anybody that's born from the womb, as soon as they're born, they're automatically born dead in sin. Jesus was not dead in sin. Jesus was fully God and fully, fully man. man. But think about that statement. I said that on purpose. I know. Why? I know you said it on purpose. <laughs> so you don't know why. Wow. <laughs> so Jesus, if you think about it, if you, and I'm, I'm going to throw this your way. If Jesus is fully God and fully man, if you focus on God, on Jesus as being a man, is there room for his deity? No. Or his being God? No, because no. anything unholy is not godly. So if you focus on his deity or his being God, is there room for man? No. No. You can't put those two together. But if, and I know it's a, it's a word game, but it's not. You say God is truly man. Jesus is truly man and truly God. You can put those two together because that's the only and best way to describe Christ in his human form. Truly man, he has the ailments of men. He gets tired like men. He needs to sleep. He gets hungry, but he's also truly God. He's sovereign. He's omniscient. He knows what goes on before it even happens, right? And it happens when it needs to happen. And you see that in the Gospels. With that being said, he who knew sin, he who knew no sin became sin. So we might become righteousness to God. So now God looks at us with favor. So that's that's my favorite verse because it reminds me of grace. What does grace mean? I've heard this. I feel like I'm going to mix it up with mercy. God's unmerited favor. What is unmerited? What What does merit mean? M-E-R-I-T. Wait, one moment. Acronym of unmerit. Ferret? No. Well, when I think merit, I think dumb merit, and I get that for getting in trouble, so. I I think it's, it means ferret. It runs Nope. It's a quality of being good or worthy and worthy to get some. Grace is God's unmerited favor, meaning he favored you even though you didn't deserve it. Now, there's an acronym for grace that I love to use, which is the bomb. And it goes along with 2 Corinthians 5.21. Grace, G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's 
expense. Oh, no, 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 no. We get the riches of God, his righteousness. He looks at us holy and blameless, spotless. We get his mercy, his steadfast love, his long suffering, his gifts. All these things we get and we don't deserve. And it was at the uh, expense of Christ. So grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. That's the gospel. That's what uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21 for me basically saying. So that's really good, man. Now, that's the gospel. And we need to know the gospel like that. I bet you there's plenty of people out there in the church who don't understand Jesus the way he is, the way we're talking about him right now. Oh, God is love. Is he love? So he won't punish you for your sin. God loves you. Oh, so I can keep smoking drugs. No. And because he loves me, I can smoke drugs. What do Here. you mean? No, no. He loves me. He loves Here. me the way I am. I don't need to change. Let me that doesn't make any sense. If you have, if you do drugs or smoke, you will get black lungs and die. Well, but you know what? God still loves me. Okay, buddy. Okay, buddy. Just because he loves you doesn't make it right. Like, for example, you dad, you love me, but I still get punished anytime I forget to put the dishes away. If I were giving... You get punished for a lot of things. I know that. If I were giving a homeless, like, a homeless person that they know is homeless, something, something nice, I would give him or her... Um, a water bottle, or like a water, yeah. <laughs> it would be nice if I had water in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Water, I water, it, honestly. water, um, food, and a holy Bible. Okay, that's good. And a blanket. That's good. That's being gracious. That's good, right? And it was unmerited. My teacher. Right? It was unmerited. He didn't need, he didn't deserve to get one, but you were kind and you showed grace. My teacher, right? um, her son... He um he had granola bars in the back of his car, and he um gave his friend that couldn't afford um college um a granola bar because he was starving and hadn't eaten in for days, and he ate in his car because that's what the only place he could be there. Mm. And so he finally, and so Miss Schmidt and um and. Her son gave let him over for dinner, and they well, yeah, they helped him. That's good. See, but you do that because you love Jesus, right? Then you, because I know your teacher and her son are saved, right? But what I'm saying is, people don't understand the gospel the way it's supposed to be stated and preached in the Bible. Okay, we've become unfaithful to the Christ-centered preaching of the gospel and what it really means. And I, I don't want that to happen to you. Because you know what? When you finally grow up and you, you're in college, you're gonna I'm telling you, you're going to run across this and people are going to start questioning the gospel. And they're going to have a corrupt view of the gospel. And you've got so many other Christians who they mean well, but they're not being taught theology. They're not being taught the exactness of the gospel. And then they actually don't help a situation right what yeah. you can't tell someone that jesus loves you and then leave it alone like that you got to preach what's called here's another theology thing the whole counsel of god which we're also going to be touching on as an episode right you can't preach on the love of god because god is not love he is not love love is is, is god love is love god i was gonna say he is love god does love right but is love god 
No. Those are just some of the things that we need to really consider. So I think us reviewing the gospel, it should encourage us. It should help us to have a better understanding of Jesus. It should strengthen our faith in Jesus and continue to keep us focused on Jesus. And when you focus on the gospel, guess what? You grow in your faith and it helps you grow in your defense of our Christianity and our faith because we know exactly what the gospel is. No one can come and give you a tweaked out version of a gospel and, you, and you'll be able to, no, nah, I don't think so because I'll come, hey man, hey, God loves you. Okay, so I can keep doing this and doing that then. No. Well, he loves you, so I can't judge you. And it's true. We're not called to judge the world because they're already dead. You're, we're called to show them their sin, show them their need of a savior, pray for them, persuade them, encourage them. Right. But we got to give them the right gospel. OK, the gospel that talks about needing to repent of your sin, not just taking him as, as your friend and just trust him. No, that doesn't work that way. There's there needs to be a recognition of our sin, the weight of our sin, how we offended a holy and just God and how in our unrighteousness he gave his son who knew no sin to be sin. OK, so I think this is going to wrap it up. For episode one and the gospel, uh, if you're listening, it's your first time, technically episode two, but if it's your first time, I hope you enjoyed it. This is our second episode or technically first episode. Okay. Ready to say our goodbyes? Did you have a good time? Yes. Yeah. We're going to do this again. Can I do the outro? Sure. All right, guys. Thank you for listening uh, to us. Over here at the Young Apologist Podcast. Paige, take it away. Take care, everybody. This is us signing out.